Welcome to episode 77.2 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and typically I would have my other co-hosts, Miguel and Heather, here with me, but they're otherwise indisposed tonight, so they can't record this. Uh, we've been trying desperately to find a time when all three of us could get together to introduce all these clips that we took on Saturday and Sunday at the convention, but unfortunately, we just couldn't make it happen. Everybody's way too busy this week. Uh, I promise, though, next week, Miguel and Heather will both be in here with me, and it will be a normal episode like you guys expect. That said, I want to talk about what happened at Comic Palooza 2015 on Saturday and Sunday. So we had an absolute blast. Friday was exhausting, but it was a ton of fun. Saturday, we woke up really, really early. Uh, Miguel came over to my house at 6 a.m. I was completely ready to go. We hopped in the car, ran over to Whataburger to grab some food, and that's actually where he took the hilarious video of me eating the taquito that has been making the rounds on the internet. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go out to our Facebook and our Twitter and look for it because it's really funny. Uh, after that, we went to the con. And we went to the press junket, which they had at 7.30 a.m. in one of the rooms upstairs. Uh, we were the first people to arrive and the last people to leave. <laughs> so we walked in, and you know we have no idea what to expect. They just told us there was going to be a lot of guests there, but they never explained who. So we're standing there waiting, and the first person that comes in is a video jockey named RM8E, who did a live performance here in Houston. And we did an interview with this gentleman, but unfortunately, the microphone did not pick him up very well uh he didn't hold it close enough to his face so we actually don't have that audio clip for you but he was a cool dude to talk to and uh hopefully some of the other podcasts that were doing interviews managed to record that clip so the next group that came in was a bunch of people from nasa and we got to interview stan love who is an astronaut who has actually been into space. Uh, he worked on the space station, and he had so many cool things to talk about. Miguel was absolutely enthralled. He loves space, and he loves everything to do with that. And our friend Annie Wargetz, uh, who was at the con with us last year, uh, she actually used to work for NASA, so she may know Stan. I'm not even sure. But we did a real short interview with him, and I'm going to play that for you guys right now. Hey, guys. We're back with another interview. We're talking to Stan Love, an astronaut here in Houston. How are you doing today, Stan? I'm doing fine, thank you. How about yourself? Doing excellent. Uh, how has Comic Palooza been treating you? Uh, so far, great, but I've only been here 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, ask me again at the end of the day. No, Man, I came here last year and they treated me very, very well. I had a great time. Awesome. Uh, is there anybody at Comic Palooza you are excited to talk to? Uh, mostly, I am here to talk about uh, what we're doing at NASA. Um, okay. We got about 30,000 people who get really excited about things that don't exist here, and we call them, you know, geeks or fangirls or something like that. But uh, somebody who gets really excited about something that doesn't exist and then goes out and makes it, we call them an innovator or a visionary. Absolutely. So I'm here to kind of help maybe nudge people across that line and uh, get them interested in math and science. Awesome. And if I get to see Stan Lee, that would be pretty cool, too. <laughs> we, we know how you feel. <laughs> Well, it's freaking cool. I mean, you're from NASA. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I love space. I love all that stuff. We actually had a friend of ours who interned over at NASA, Annie Wargetz, a while back. And uh, so she always told us about cool stuff. And so I'm liking all of you right now. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> NASA stuff is really cool. So have you gone out in space? In any yes, other? sir. Oh. Um, I flew on the space shuttle in 2008. Uh, my crewmates and I put a new laboratory module on the space station. Oh. Can you tell us what that experience was kind of like? Uh, it was kind of awesome. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, first of all, it's a ton of work. And much of it is kind of scary, especially going out on a spacewalk and realizing that there's no air outside and there's orbital debris that could come in and bang your dead because it comes in so fast you wouldn't even see it. Well, regardless of what you saw in the movie Gravity, by the way, you're not going to see it coming. <laughs> so, um, but then, uh, you know, every once in a while in space, you're, you're working like a demon 16 hours a day. You get to put your head up and look out the window or, you know, look up from your work when you're out on a spacewalk and see the Earth rolling by underneath. And it's like, oh, my God, look where I am. <laughs> so yeah, that's got to be cool. way cool. Yeah. Everyone should do it. 
Is the uh, is the training? I mean, is it really as uh, harsh on your body and everything as as movies and stuff make nah. a scene? <laughs> nah, no green beret uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, so back in, if you saw the right stuff, the movie, um, they don't do that much to people anymore. They were just trying to weed down the thousands and thousands of applicants to a, a number of people that they could manage, and so they put them through every test imaginable. Anybody in reasonable health, if you can walk up a flight of stairs, you can go to space. Um, the training is so that when you get up into space and you've got all this amazing work to do and you're working with pieces of hardware that cost a billion dollars, you don't screw up. So you practice things over and over and over and over again in simulated environments that are as realistic as we can make. You've got teams of instructors that are like breaking stuff so that to see what you do when things break, you know, whether you can work around that failure and, get and complete your mission. So most of the training is actually kind of on the mental side and not on the physical side. Um, we have a nice gymnasium for the astronauts to use to keep in shape, and not everybody goes. <laughs> so how did you get interested in uh, space exploration? Uh, well, because I was like a science fiction geek when I was a kid. I was reading, you know, Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke and Ray Bradbury, you know, when I was in grade school and uh, watching Star Trek and was thrilled when Star Wars came out and actually had good special effects. You know, that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've, uh, you know, part of the reason I'm here is to spread the NASA message. The other part of the member's message is, you know, I may be wearing a blue suit and, uh, you know, trying to act like a test pilot, but really I'm a geek. Uh, I don't think Star Wars, Star Trek, or anything like that would ever do anything for me ever again if I got to go out in space like you did. Um, it would, I mean, it would be totally awesome to see the movies again. Like, hey, I know. Oh, that's not right. But yeah. no, that. Oh man, it's such a rush to hear that you were out there. How many times have you gone up? I mean, do they keep you limited to a certain amount of times you get to go? Or um, right now, with since we're only flying space station, and that's a six month mission on space station, there's a certain number of times you can do that before you hit your career limit for radiation exposure. Um, but I think that's three. Three, so six months stays on space station, and then you kind of have to be done. I was only up for two weeks, so radiation-wise, I could go again. Awesome. So you really you have a whole 14 months you can go back up? I could, yeah. That's cool. Um, although six months on station, eh, I'm kind of an outdoorsy guy. I'm not sure I'm going to sign up for that. But i got loads of office mates <laughs> who, are, who are very happy to see me step out of line. But uh, you mentioned movies. Um, yeah, with a Ph.D. in, in uh, astronomy, bachelor's in physics, and now spaceflight experience, almost all science fiction movies. Are, yep, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. It kind of makes it hard. But um, So I mentioned Gravity. Still a really good movie. And the first five minutes before everything goes to heck is the most accurate representation of what it's like to be on a space mission that I've ever seen in a movie. Nice. Um, so they did a really good job on that. Um, Interstellar did a pretty good job with the, with the visuals around the simulated black hole. They actually called up Kip Thorne, who's like the black hole god of the world, and he gave them the equations to plug into their rendering software, and it, they actually drew the light paths according to general relativity. So definite gold star for doing that. Well, we appreciate you stopping by to talk to us. I mean, it's been a really interesting conversation, really a lot of fun. And uh, I just want to ask one more question. Now, okay. granted, I know you said space station, and then we have the moon and everything else. I, we don't get too much the public, you know. Are we planning to go any further? Are we, I mean, is it possible yeah. to hit Mars? Maybe We're go? trying. Okay, that's uh, cool. In fact, um, we are. NASA's got this big journey to Mars campaign going on, mostly you know public relations right now because the cost is going to be enormous, and the Office of Management and Budget gets uh, on our case if we um, promise to spend a lot of money that we don't have. So we're working on Mars <laughs> as hard as we can. Trust me. If you want to see it go faster, write your congressman. We'll do definitely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. Thanks for talking to us, and I hope you have a great rest of your experience here at Comic Palooza. Thank you very much. Pretty cool stuff, huh? So after the Stan Love interview, uh, we ended up talking to one of our absolute favorite guests at Comic Palooza. Uh, this is the fifth time I think we've had him on the show, but it's always a pleasure and always a lot of fun. So Michael Zapsik, once again, ladies and gentlemen, here you go. 
Hey guys, coming to you from the Press Junket again. Miguel and Justin are here with one of our favorite Comic Palooza guests, a recurring guest. Aw, you guys are too sweet. Mr. Michael Zapsik. How are you doing today, man? What's up, guys? How are we doing? We're doing great. We're happy to see you here again. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm looking around, and i got to tell you a story, because this is... I figure let's, let's go right out of the shoot. Um, Ming Chen is not here. Ming Chen's my co-host for I Sell Comics, and he was going to meet me down here. We went out last night, and uh, I'm not a big drinker. Uh, at, as in at all. I don't drink. I'm, I'm the responsible one. And um, I get back to my room around midnight, but we left him at a bar called, and down here in Houston, anyone who's familiar with the town, Poison Girls? Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I saw the flash of uh, recognition in your eyes and, and horrification because, like, <laughs> oh, you left him there. Okay. He, we left him. He was getting uh, something from the rice box, one of the food trucks that you guys have. He's like, go, go, go. I'll catch up to you. And he never did. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe Ming is being sold for parts right now, which would be one of the coolest stories that I could ever tell. I just, and, and I'm telling it to you guys first. So Ming Chen, I, I don't know how I'm going to break it to Debbie and his kids, although they'll probably be like, who? So. <laughs> yeah, Ming, uh, Ming has a reputation for not being a homo a lot. No. Is it, is it really, uh, is she pretty okay with his uh, No. Well, hygiene? I mean, you know what? His wife is one of the sweetest. I, I Huge shout out to, to Debbie Chen and all those the people out there who who pray for her, you know, pray <laughs> prayers for Debbie Chen. Um, she is one of the most understanding and lovely women you'd ever want to meet. I, I dig talking to her. We we have barbecues and stuff, and it's it's a lot of fun to talk to her. So Ming gets killed twice. He got killed on test, dude. And uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, how how awesome was that? You that know, was, and I haven't finished it. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna no spoilers, but. Um, Let's put it this way. I mean, would you blame me if I killed him? No. No. All right, so. <laughs> I was supposed to say, your head is like freaking huge. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my picture. God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, actually, we just see Ming briefly yesterday. Right. And I, I walked up to him, and I said, hey, Ming, how's it going? He was like, who are you? Yeah, he's, he's awesome, isn't he? Just like, <laughs> I'm like, Ming, come on. At least pretend to remember these guys. And I, I said, oh, my God, it's a comical podcast. And I was like, yeah, awesome. I mean, I, I didn't expect you guys to remember our exact names because I know you meet thousands and thousands of people every that, you know, year. That's the only excuse I'll, I'll give to him is that he meets he meets even more people than me and Brian. Right. So because he goes he goes to cons even when he's not invited. So <laughs> like, hey, I'm here. Where's where do I set up? They're like, you aren't on our guest list. <laughs> like, well, it's just an oversight on your part now, isn't it? <laughs> I, did you at least bring Brian and Mike? Mm, no, no, I couldn't make it. Just me. He loves to loves to be the center of attention. You think? <laughs> well, I, like I said, I wasn't expecting you guys to remember our names, but I was hoping you'd remember our faces since we've We'd had did. so many I, conversations. We did. I did. You did. Yeah, By I, we. The Royal we, of course. That, Not at all. You guys are great. You guys have always been... Um, hospitable to us down here in well, Houston. We love Houston, by the way. We're big fans of you guys, too. Oh, thanks, Hopefully man. one day we'll make it up to Jersey and be able to come see the stash. See, that would be awesome, and you can meet Walt and uh, be completely indifferentiated by him, too. So <laughs> I would they, love that experience. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so many people do. Well, ask him about him. <laughs> you got anything oh, else I'm going on there, Mike? No, nothing good. Uh, we got season five coming up, and we'll be starting to film in about a month and a half. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Well, I'm being told that we have to wrap this up, so... Oh, crap. This is all... Well, you know what? This is one of my favorite podcasts, so... Aside from my own. Happy to hear that, man. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> we love you, and uh, hope you have a great Comic Palooza. You guys have a great one, too. Unfortunately, that got cut short. Uh, they were trying really hard to move everybody around. I think there was seven or eight different podcasts in there doing interviews, and it was just... 
boom, boom, boom. We had like three and a half minutes to four minutes on each person, and then they shuffled along to the next uh, interview. So after Mike Zapsik, we got to talk to Matt Hawkins, which was super cool. If you don't know who Matt Hawkins is, he is the president of Top Cow, which is a subsidiary of Image Comics and the writer of a ton of different books. One of them I actually do read called Think Tank. Uh, it's pretty good. I really do like Matt's writing, and he was really awesome to meet in person. Uh, here's that interview. Hey guys, Miguel and I coming to you again from the Press Junket. We're talking with Matt Hawkins, the uh, president of Top Cow. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Happy to be here. How has Comic Blues been treating you? Uh, you know, I just got here last night, so I haven't been on the floor yet, but uh, I'm having a, having a blast so far. I had a good time in the bar last night. <laughs> That's always important. <laughs> it's part of the con experience for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what your company's been up to lately? Well, Top Cow is part of Image Comics, and uh, it's run by Mark Silvestri and myself. And uh, I write three, four books a month that come out from Top Cow. And uh, we're proud to be the first publisher, actually, to ever come to Comic Palooza. It's a relatively new show. Um, and we also have the first ever convention variant exclusive that the show will have as well. So oh, that's cool. Our Postal 4 book that I write with another guy, uh, Brian Hill. That, uh, so we have that here as well. Awesome. Uh, so what, what books do you write? Uh, right now I'm writing uh, let's see, four or five books. I write a book called Postal, which is kind of a wit sec for criminals. It's basically the idea is there's a small town where criminals pay a fee to go and they get their identity changed. Uh, hackers give them a new identity. Uh, they get a new face from facial reconstruction. Kind of a Twin Peaks... Uh, Small town, northern exposure kind of thing with some weird, quirky characters. That sounds uh, cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And the other one I do is called The Tithe, which is a sort of point break with megachurches they're hitting instead of banks. Okay. Um, it's sort of a modern-day Robin Hood where they're stealing from these megachurches that are fraudulent and giving that money to other charities. So I could definitely get into that. <laughs> making a social, uh, that's that one right there, actually. They're oh, making cool. a social statement on there, so lots of fun. Awesome. Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're big fans of indie books. Uh, we read a lot of image books, but I have... Honestly, never picked up either one of these. I will have to do so. I do. I do Tales of Honor. I do a book called Think Tank. I think the book I'm probably the best known for uh, two books because I'm best known for are Think Tank and Aphrodite Nine. I do read Think Tank. Think Tank. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so for me, you know, I have, I have a master's in physics, so I have a weird outlook on life and in comics, and uh, so I use that in Think Tank and books like Wildfire have uh, a lot of the science is accurate. So I spend a lot of time working on the research. I really enjoy Think Tank. Actually, I like the scientist and how he's very. Uh, you know, anti-establishment, anti, -establishment, anti yes. uh, you know, being told what to do and just sort of does his own thing. Uh, yeah. It's a cool book. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, we're actually, uh, the tithe is actually by the same creative team. I write, uh, Rasan Ekadal, the artist on Think Tank, is doing the interior work. And it's in color, which you've seen, uh, think, if you remember Think Tank was all black and white, yeah. so this is what he looks like in color. Cool. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's a blast, yeah. Think Tank is coming back in September, so I'm excited to uh, start getting that back going as well. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to that. Awesome. Looking at these books, they're really amazing. I'm, I'm going to give you props on that. They're super nice. Looking at Postal, I think I need to pick this up. How many issues are out already? Uh, the fourth issue comes out next week, but like I said, we have all three issues plus a fourth issue, a convention exclusive. The cover is only available here at Comic Palooza. So there's four issues currently out, and we're, uh, we're working on issue six or seven, so we're well into the second arc. So they don't come to, like, uh, you can't get them at your local comic book store? No, you can. Oh, I you mean, can? the okay. first three or four issues, fourth issue should be out in stores next week. Okay. Uh, whether or not they have the first three issues, comic stores tend to uh, sell out pretty quickly. I don't know what Houston is like in terms of back issues and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, the trade paperback collecting the first four issues will also be out in about a month, month and a half as well. You said uh, the whole series up till now is available at your booth? Yeah, we have all four issues that will be available at the booth here on the floor, okay. um, and and uh, happy to talk to anyone that wants to come by. Cool. We'll swing by and pick up a copy. Sounds good. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for stopping by and talking to us. Thank you so much. And uh, hope you have a great Comic Palooza. Thank you. So after talking to Matt, uh, we decided we were going to go downstairs and check out his booth. And we did go down there and talk to him for a few more minutes later on Sunday. Uh, but after Matt, 
we got to talk to what was probably our favorite interview of the entire convention. Uh, we got to meet Daniel and Mike from the Mad Men crew. So they came up, and you know we have no idea who these guys are or what they do, but they're a local hip-hop crew from Houston. They rap all about nerdy and geeky pop culture kind of things, so it's a little more relatable to me. Uh, those of you who listen to my other show, Just In Case Podcast, know that I am not the biggest fan of hip-hop and rap. I'm a big-time metalhead, but these guys do like Beastie Boys-style rap, which is something that I can kind of relate to a little bit more. Uh, when I was a kid, I was really into MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and like the fun, cheesy rap stylings that those guys did, and the Beastie Boys, too. So hearing these guys do that kind of rap that was very fun and positive and high energy and about nerdy and geeky culture instead of being about bitches and hoes, as most rap tends to be, uh, I was very enthralled, and they were such cool dudes to meet. It was so much fun to talk to them, and we actually went to their live show. Uh, it was just They were just incredible. So I'm going to play the interview, and if you get a chance, go out there and download their album I promise you will not regret it. So here it is, the Mad Men crew. Hey guys, we're coming to you from the con floor here again with the Mad Men crew. What's up? How are you guys doing today? Well, I'm waiting for my coffee still, but yes, I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. <laughs> you having a good time at Comic Palooza so far? Oh yeah, so far, uh, fantastic. It's cool seeing everybody out here um, having a great time. I went in the gaming room, and that was such an amazing experience. My first time being here at any comic book convention. Logic's first time, and we're very happy and blessed to do it as performers as well but going and seeing everything is very overwhelming i'm looking forward to when it opens and it gets and it gets super crazy in here it's going to be crazy today saturday's always the biggest day so yeah. you can expect a ton of people to be here bring it and this is the biggest comic blues has ever been uh, they opened the entire george r brown convention center so yes. it's the entire expanse is going to be people from wall to wall oh yeah uh, when, when are you guys performing uh, we're performing Sunday, May 24th at 7 p.m okay cool and for our listeners who don't know what you guys do why don't you tell them a little bit about that we are the Madman Crew, uh, coming straight to you from the 832. Uh, we are pretty much a Houston hip-hop-based crew. It's sent by King Frankie, who is our, our mascot, all hell King Frankie. Um, <laughs> he's our mascot trying to uh, tell us to send the word of hip-hop, you know, good vibrations, positive energy. And like we said, we pretty much model ourselves off of Beastie Boys, um, Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang, De La Soul, groups like that, and we just want to get everybody partying and hype and get everybody having a good time. That's, That's awesome. what we're all about. Well, if you, if you want to see a picture of King Frankie and Horstocles together, uh, you can check out our Twitter feed because we got one, a oh, great yeah. one, just a few minutes ago. I'm sure you guys will be posting yeah. that as well. Oh, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> so where can they uh, pick up your album here? Yeah, if you see us at our show, we have, we're passing out our free um, Dustle Dawn little what are they called cards there you go <laughs> business cards where it has like it's a streaming on soundcloud or you can go to htownproud.bandcamp.com um soundcloud.com forward slash the madman crew and just enjoy yourself um we're gonna be passing a lot of free swag out this weekend so if you see king frankie come hang out and take a picture with your madman crew and it'll be all good so how long have you been doing this now uh, we've been doing this kind of all our lives individually but together we've been doing it three years about three years. Um, we met each other, D Daniel. And by the way, I'm Michael Diaz, a.k.a. Tech Sheet the Coolest, the coolest. a.k.a. Mr. Roboto. Huh. And then we got Daniel Aliaga. A.k.a. Defy Logic, the brain grenade. Boom. <laughs> Mind-blowing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, uh, we've been doing this for a while. Michael and I met together in college. Uh, we did theater together. Mm -hmm. um, so we are also thespians okay. of, the, of the sort of the stage. Acting. And, uh, acting. And um, we met, and we would always be going to parties. 
we would always go to all, go ahead. What are you gonna say? Oh. Look at all these guys. <laughs> Merman here. What the hell's going on? <laughs> we would always go to like parties and things like that. They'd always have music playing, and we would just start rapping just to ourselves, you know, to the group, and people would have a good time. Then it got to the point where we were really good, and we met our other member, which is at another store, uh, or, or where we worked at a store together, and we all decided to come together and just make hip hop. And that's ever since then we've just been blowing up, and now we're here, and it's been real. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, guys. Uh, I don't know if this put you on the spot. Can you give us a sample? Absolutely. Yes. What you want to do? Um, take both punches. There you go. Okay. Okay. You beatbox? Yeah. Okay. Go and get it. Yo, yo, yo. Okay. So who rocks the mic? Who rocks the mic, right? I'll be rocking mics when I'm in the full flight with Nike's on. I wax on and wax off Miyagi, kicking like wasabi. Stop me, bitch, please. Tech she got the hip hop bionicle, thought I monocle that be looking past the follicles. So when I'm on's in the twans like vines, the worlds collide and your eyes will be slightly blinded. By some flashing lights, my boat's behind me, so my five foot two height shouldn't be distracting. Like, you know, roundhouse kicks in the dojo, leaving shinos on eyes like mop with some mop and glow. And you know, uh, some things they just don't last, so pick yourself up and turn over the hourglass. And who's the maddest? Who the maddest? Who's the baddest? Tell them logic, recognize the ill status. Yo. Boom, Step in the dish, y'all better make a better bet. Clashing the mics, I'll give you something to regret. Everybody know we the Madman crew, and we coming to you from the 832. It's the Common Cow Podcast, and we coming over you like that. It's the H Town, and we proud that we coming all down. H Town proud. H Town proud. H Town proud. Ha. Madman crew. Madman crew. Madman crew. used to have tunes. Peter David is heckling them. It's great. That was dope. Oh. That was dope. I'm gonna sample that. I'm gonna sample this that. This might be my favorite interview of the entire con. Awesome, man. I'm glad. You guys, you guys kick ass, and uh, we will definitely be coming to see yeah, your show. So, and bring the crew. We're gonna have a great time. Yeah, bring everybody. Because the thing is, I'm sorry if I take the mic, because I just love it. Um, it's not gonna just be just a show. It's not gonna just be a show. It's gonna be an experience. We're looking forward and to being a part of it. That comes correct. Cool. Well, I yeah. hope you guys have a great rest of your comic palooza, and cool. we look forward to seeing you guys. Y'all too, man. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you guys. I told you they were awesome. I never expected they were actually going to rap for us. I just kind of threw that out there on a whim, and then they did it, and it was great. Uh, the best part, though, had to be Peter David sitting in the corner heckling them. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that that well on the interview. I tried to edit the best I could so you could pick him up, but uh, Peter was just basically saying that he remembers when music used to be musical and not any of this stuff. But if you don't know Peter, it was an amazing thing to watch him try to beatbox and try to mock these guys a little bit. And He was heckling them, and it was just... It was astonishingly funny. So that was one of my favorite moments of the con, and I'm sorry for anybody who wasn't in the room and, and, and missed out on that. <laughs> so moving along, uh, the next person we talked to is a local filmmaker and actor named Joe Grisafi, and he was talking all about the different movies he does and some of the acting roles he's had, like the fact that he just worked with Ron Jeremy on a film, and that was really cool. So I'm going to go ahead and play that interview for you guys right now. 
Hey guys, one more interview for you coming from Comic Palooza. We're talking to Joe Grasafi. That's right. Awesome. I got it right. <laughs> and uh, you are a filmmaker and actor here in Houston, right? Yes, I am. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the projects you've been doing lately? Okay. As a director, uh, we showed Conjoined last night at midnight at Comic Palooza, and today we're showing Dead of Night at okay. 5:30, night with a K. It's a oh, okay. It's a present day movie with a medieval theme. All righty. I can see that. It's a horror, and it's a horror film. Conjoined is a comedy horror. And tomorrow we're showing uh, Haunted Trailer, directed by my friend Chuck Norfolk. We're showing that at 10 o'clock. Cool. And are you in any of those I'm movies? In it. Oh, okay. I, the, first, the other two I directed, Conjoined and Dead of Night, I directed. I'm not in them. Haunted Trailer, I am in. I, I guess you could say I'm the star just under Ron Jeremy. That didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you want to be and underneath I, and, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> and, I, and I play the mom. Whoa, okay, interesting. <laughs> Do you know where Ron Jeremy's been? I'm just saying. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. So I hesitated to shake his hand. <laughs> no, he was actually very cool. Have you ever met him? No. Really cool, down to earth. You can have, he wants to have a conversation with you. He just has no filter because of the world he comes from. It kind of sounds like somebody I know. Wink, <laughs> wink. Nudge, nudge. Hey, come Say on now. We don't have any filters. We, we let it hang out. Uh, <laughs> ah, there it is. It's not as impressive when we do it. Can you put it away right now? <laughs> you haven't seen me. <laughs> I think I just tripped. I tripped. <laughs> well, how has your con experience been as a whole so far? It's been fantastic. I've always I've been to Comic Palooza now for four years. Always had a good experience. This one takes the cake because... They, finally invited me as a guest and I have not just those three films I told you about I have I'm involved I was involved one of the producers of Doll Factory that showed yesterday oh cool I have a role in Midnight Abyss that shows on Monday I'm one of the producers on More Than Human the series that is showing today so this is kind of got a hand in everything my friends have kind of hashtagged it Grasafi Palooza (laughs) (laughs) I'm on four panels today four filmmaking panels today two tomorrow it's like it's just a really, really great experience for me. That's awesome. It's, That's it's all, been good in the past, but this is just the best. Well, no, you're standing you're from Houston, so you've just been doing it here? Have you I've, gone out toward California? I've gone out to California. I've worked on a few things out there. Out there, I worked on some big films in very small capacity. I was, I had a, I was an extra in the first Austin Powers, for example. Huh. I was a cast. I thought you looked familiar. Yeah. I was the mid, the... <laughs> The, when the five henchmen jump up on the turbine and start shooting, I'm the one in the middle. <laughs> I got to spend three weeks on Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I worked in the extras casting department of Primary Colors and Starship Troopers. So, Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yes, would you like to know more? That's freaking cool. I mean, I mean, so you're still looking for that big, big break? I would, I'm hoping for it. I'm doing the best work I can. If I get the big gr- break, break, great. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going for the big break. I'm just going to keep doing the best work I can, try to make every film better, and hopefully people will notice. And I'm starting to feel like things are getting noticed now, and the funny thing is it's, it's conjoined that seems to be getting the notice, the film that we really just kind of made as a joke. The horror comedy? Yeah. Was, that's, that's one of my favorite genres. I love horror comedy it, movies. This one turned out really well. If you come by, I have DVDs at my booth on aisle 1200, Okay. specifically 1236. If you guys come by, I'll make sure you get one. All right, and we if will. Everyone else comes by. They're only seven dollars here. They're ten on Amazon. But awesome. I'm going to be. I'll be signing for free. Um, 
two cast members are going to be here, and the writer Chuck Norfolk's going to be here. Sarah Gaston and Tom Long are cast members that are going to be here. They'll sign for free too. So if cool. this is hap- if this is airing while people are here, yes, please come will, by. This will go up first thing yes. tomorrow morning. Okay. Yes. So, so we'll be around tomorrow too. Awesome. Well, we and, will definitely come by and, and check out the booth and pick up a copy of the movie. And tell your people to watch out for two movies. One's called Lars the Emo Kid, which we finished, and we're going to. We're, is that a sequel to Lars and the Real Girl? No. Okay. It's a, it's a feature film inspired by Paxton Gilmore's short films on YouTube, Lars the Emo Kid. Okay. Um, it's a really, really, really good indie film. It's, it's my best one so far. Okay. And it's the one that I think people are going to start taking me seriously for. Well, we're not great actors, but if you ever want anybody, anybody to die gruesome deaths, we're up for that. Well, stay in <laughs> touch. And, and, and anyone else listening, if you want to be actors in Houston, my website is southwestcasting.com. You can learn about a lot of indie films happening in town. Cool. We'll definitely check that out, too. Yeah, please do. See, look, we're in a comic book. Now we're going to get killed. Sweet. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming by and talking to us, man. It was awesome. Thank you guys very much. And we'll see you around at the con. Okay, thank you. And then at the very end, uh, we ended up talking to one more musical group. And this was actually a band called Jealous Creatures, who, again, I know nothing about. Uh, it was a, a guy and a girl. They came in together, and I tried to put them on the spot, too, to sing a little bit. Uh, the girl has an amazingly beautiful voice. I think her name was Sarah, and the guy's name was Josh. Uh, we, we didn't actually get to see their live show, unfortunately, but I did hear it as I was passing from one end of the convention center to the other. Uh, I could tell it was her voice immediately, and we did run into them several times throughout the convention, and it was just really cool to meet them. They're both cool people, so uh, check this out. I hope you enjoy it. Yay, one more interview for you guys from Comicpalooza. We're here with Sarah and Josh. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Great. (laughs) (laughs) And what are you guys here at Comicpalooza promoting? We are promoting our new album that's coming out on July 21st. It's called The Night Goes On for Days. We have a band called Jealous Creatures, and that's how we made the album, with our band. What kind of music do you guys play? Um, It is a combination of... Rock. All of the rock. Yeah, rock, punk. It's got some country in there. Um, something for everybody. <laughs> it sounds a little disjointed, but it makes sense when you listen. It's not like prog, rock, or anything. It, it all goes together. But cool. <laughs> and you guys are playing a show here? Yes, we're playing today at 245 at the General Assembly, just on the third floor. Unfortunately, this is going to air tomorrow morning, so That's our okay. listeners won't know if about the show. you weren't there, sad for you. But um, you can get our music online. We have three other albums. Uh, oh, yeah, you can come by the booth. Uh, we have a booth. It's a 1601, and we'll okay. be there. We have temporary tattoos. You can put them on all your guns and make silly faces at us. And um, we also have all of our music from our last three albums on our Bandcamp site, jealouscreatures.bandcamp.com. Cool. And you, you said the uh, most recent album has a comic book element to it? Yes. Yeah, it actually literally has a comic book included with it (laughs) that we yeah uh, the vinyl version will have a comic book um they it loosely the story loosely follows the lyrics to the album and uh a concept yeah that's what they called it in the the 70s um and yeah the art we did all the artwork the story and everything ourselves so um, that's cool just one more reason to get the vinyl version (laughs) yes so I heard you said you had a couple of albums. How long have you guys been doing this now? Since 2010. Yeah, 2010. This is our our fourth record. So we're, we're kind of, we we don't mess around. We we write songs and put them out. You know, doing an album a year if we can. We'll sleep when we're dead. <laughs> we just <laughs> we just interviewed the Mad Men crew and they did a rap for us. You guys want to perform something for us real quick? Um, well, this. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. You don't have to if you I'm don't want to. I'm a drummer, to. <laughs> but she's a singer, so. 
I'll count it off. What am I going to Give him a little something. I'm going to sing a cover. You, you got to buy the record. <laughs> so I'm going to sing a song by a son of the singer named Nico Case, and it's called uh, Star Witness. And it's like, my true love died in a dirty old pan of oil that had run from the block of a falcon sedan 1969. The paper said 75. There were no survivors, none found alive. I'm, I'm not going to sing anymore. And, uh, but you have a beautiful her, voice. Thank you. That album is uh, Fox Confessor Brings the Flood, and it's one of my favorites by Nico Case. Cool. Well, thank you for doing that. I know I put you on the spot. That was scary. But uh, <laughs> maybe it'll encourage more people to go check you guys out. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you guys have a great Comic Palooza. Thanks for coming and talking with us. It was yes. a pleasure. And uh, good luck on your show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. So following the interview with them, uh, all the other people finished up their press junkets and packed up their stuff and left. And then a very special guest that only we got to interview, uh, Walter Simonson, was brought in. And I'm a big fan of Walt Simonson. I've loved a lot of his Thor stuff. You know, I, I had some books for him to sign. I got him to sign my first appearance of Beta Ray Bill. I got him to sign some Ragnarok issues, his current series from IDW. Uh, it was just a pleasure to talk to the man. And I met his wife earlier in the week, Louise Simonson. Uh, she's at the con as well. So I went up and talked to her for about 15 minutes and had her sign some books, uh, like the first appearance of Apocalypse and some other assorted things. And she was just an absolute sweetheart. They're both so, so nice. And if you ever get the opportunity to meet them at a convention, I recommend you do it because they are some of the nicest people you will ever meet in the comic industry. So I'm going to go ahead and play that interview for you now. Hey, guys, we've got one more interview for you today. We are standing here with the legendary Walt Simonson. How are you doing today, sir? So far, so good. Of course, it's early days yet at the con, so we'll see how it goes. But so far, so good. Have you been enjoying the Comic Palooza Con this year? I have immensely. I've had, we've had a really good time. People have been very nice, and we've had a, a fine time signing a lot of books on a pretty slow day yesterday. I mean, slow for the overall con compared to what I'm told today is going to be. I gather today it's going to be madness. And so I, I don't know if I'm set for that yet or not. I'll have to kind of see how that one plays out. This is going to be the biggest year yet. They've expanded the convention center to open all of it. Uh, usually the past few years it's been just a smaller portion of the convention center. So I'm expecting way more oh, visitors wow. than we've ever had before. That's why I was told that when I got here. That it was going to be, they expected a lot more folks. I didn't realize they hadn't, op- they hadn't used all the center before. So it's a pretty big center. Well, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been reading Thor for many, many years, and uh, that's the book you're most well-known for. It is. Uh, you've created Beta Ray Bill, you've, uh, <laughs> which is one of Miguel's absolute favorite characters. Uh, oh, cool. And, you know, we, we just love you, and we've been reading Ragnarok, your IDW series. Uh, it's a completely different take on Thor. Yes, yes, it is. It's, well, uh, one of my friends, Scott Doombeer, asked me about doing a creator-owned series of Norse myths back 15, 16 years ago. Uh, it took me a long time to finish up the work I was really doing for Marvel or DC. I really enjoyed that work. <clears throat> but I finally reached a point where I said, okay, I think I'm ready to try to tackle this. I probably should have done that 15 years ago. But, you know, that's <laughs> just the way. I had work to do. What can I tell you? Right. So, um, but I didn't know what to do. I, the, the, the short, I'll try and keep this really short, but I'll see what I can do. What happened was, I taught for some years at the School of Visual Arts in New York City. One of my students there went off and did a bunch of other stuff in fashion, um, design, mostly for children design in shirts and stuff. But he also ran his own company doing T-shirts. <clears throat> and he did his own designs and some great T-shirts. I have several of them. That I, get a, <clears throat> I get a free pass and some of that stuff. <laughs> but he did his own T-shirts. And one, of his, one time I did a drawing just of my own version of Thor. It was not, there was no story to it. It was just a drawing of Thor, more Norse mythy than the Marvel comics or the, some of the ones I've seen. Not entirely. I gave him some sort of Japanese leg protectors. But nevertheless, it was kind of a cool drawing. Jerry liked it. He put it on a shirt. 
But that was all that happened. And then sometime later, I was just goofing off, and I, I thought about that drawing, and I thought, wow, you know, I have an idea for... And I, I came up with an I just had a thought for a story, which I don't usually do, just out of nowhere. If I'm sitting at a typewriter or a computer, right. I'm sorry, I'm old, I would, <laughs> I would be typing away and I would have the ideas come. So, but I had an idea for what turned out to be the first issue of Ragnarok, this stone, this guy in the stone throne, chained to it, no idea what happened to him. I had some other things as well, but that's kind of what happened. And I had the idea, but I had no idea what that meant. And then a year or two later, I'm driving down the road. I've just finished having a pizza. I'm driving past my house. I'm going over to a Borders Bookstore. That's how long ago it was. Borders Bookstore. They don't, they don't exist anymore, but they were. We had one near us. So it was great. I'm driving to Borders, and suddenly I went, oh, my gosh, it's after Ragnarok. It's after Ragnarok. Everybody's dead except Thor. The bad guys won. And I, I just, I had the whole idea for the, the basis. For, I, it was really annoying because I've also learned the hard way that if you have a great idea, at least if I have a great idea, I cannot go. This it's like a dream. This idea is so good. I'll go have pizza. I'll go to the bookstore. I'll go do this. I'll go, and then I'll go home and write it down. And by that time, I go home. I get home. I think, well, I had an idea that involved paper clips, and it involved, <laughs> and that's it. I'm, I'm done. So basically, I so I skip orders. I turned around, I drove home, and I wrote for an hour, and I wrote what was basically the foundation for the book with the setup for everything. So that's where the book literally came from. But I had talked to Scott, so we, we were all set. We talked about it some. I began working stuff out. And I now have a list of ideas on my computer longer than I think I'm going to be alive trying to get done. I just you know, Whenever I work on books like Thor, like the Fantastic Four, if I'm writing it, you think of ideas and you jot down a note. Some ideas are really short. It might be, do a tip of the hat to Carl Barks, because I'm a big Carl Barks fan, right. Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck, that stuff. Yeah. That became a Thor frog story. I didn't have the idea for the Thor Frog story. I just had an idea to do something to tip of the hat to Carl Barks. But it became, and I, maybe two years later before I actually said, oh, wait, this is where I can do that. <laughs> so, and some ideas are much longer. Some ideas are almost full plots. So I now have, but you, once you're in a, into a book and into the world the book en, encompasses, you begin writing all the ideas. It generates ideas. So I've written a ton of ideas. I have, you know, I'm sure many of which would never make it in the book if I wrote for the next 50 years. But, I have those ideas. I know where the book's going. I have an ending. In my, I, mean, I know where the book's going in the long run. I'd like to do it for a number of years. I'm kind of using the Mike Mignola model in that I want to do it in a series of story arcs. I'm too old and creaky to do monthly comics anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, you're a young man. Don't lie to us. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what I want is I'm, it's a six-issue story arc to begin with, and I'll take a, there's a bit of a hiatus while I'm kind of gearing up the next batch, and I want to get the next batch started. So when I start putting out future arcs, I'm hoping they'll come out on a more every month, every, every two months. I'd like them to come out bit, bit, bit. But I need to get faster, and it, and for an old guy that's worked on Deadline forever, it's hard to do stuff, and the deadline's not right around the corner. So I got to learn how to do that too. I, my continuing education is ongoing. All you're doing is building anticipation because we're <laughs> we're desperately waiting for the next issue of the book to come out. Well, I, as I, that should be Wednesday. If you go to CBR, you should find a preview for it right now. One went up this morning. I haven't seen it. yet. I, I saw that it went up, but I didn't get a chance to look at it. So they usually put up several pages. Oh, and I think that's my I bet that's my wife calling. Let me. Uh, no, it's somebody from Houston. Well, I'll call them back. <laughs> so I'll give them a buzz back. Sorry. <laughs> Not a problem. I don't know a lot of guys in Houston, but I'm sure it's the convention saying, Probably. Where are you? <laughs> oh, I'm here at the convention. That's where I am. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. I know you have to get to your table. I know you have a lot planned for today, but uh, just wanted to meet you, tell you what big fans we were, and uh, say thank you for coming to Comic Palooza. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I'm having a great time. Thank you for the time on your podcast, and I. Glad you enjoy the comic. I'm glad you gave me a chance now. Thanks. You did the whole interview. And you, this is comical podcast, not Carrie's show. 
what the hell, man? You saw me jumping up and down. The shirt he's wearing. You know I love the freaking book. You know Beta Ray Bill's my dude. You, come on, man. <laughs> what are you we're, doing to me? we got time for one more question. <laughs> we got one more question. Uh, I'm out now. You just, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a rat. <laughs> No, seriously, you're very talented, and I'm glad you're doing this. It's amazing. Well, and thank you very we much. really, really do. I mean, the first time we saw the book, he's like, you should pick this up. You should read this. I said, like, what is this? I read like 800 books now. So read it. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, I would be remiss, I have to say, if I didn't jump in and just say thanks to Laura Martin for the coloring and John working with the lettering. Laura Martin's dungeons is an astounding color in that book. I could not be more thrilled. And, of course, John's my old saddle buddy we've been riding together in comics for a long time and nobody letters my stuff better so i'm thrilled i'm still trying to hunt down the first appearance of beta ray so i'm trying to hunt it down i don't have one i wanted what, to hunt 37 yeah that's yes that's, that's it i've been yeah. trying to hunt that, it down that, that ebay for like five bucks i've just that can't be that my my old stuff doesn't go for much money i'm not a cult figure <laughs> i've never managed to establish my cult status as a star i'm just a guy doing comics so you should be able to find a copy for not that much money well over i'm just saying <laughs> well we're so busy with everything else going on i had yeah. a chance to get away so i went to our local shop and a few other places and i'm like really come on <laughs> <laughs> well good luck but when i find it if i do find one here i'm coming to see you okay fair <laughs> enough and i'll be getting on to see you have, have you sign some stuff for me in a minute too <laughs> all right sounds good thank you again walt <laughs> my pleasure guys take care See what I mean? He's super nice. <laughs> so after we finished with Walt, uh, we ended up going downstairs and meeting up with our friend Jenny, who is uh, Tortilla Chip number one, if you read the comic strip, <laughs> and our friend Sean, who is Horseman 519, who was there the entire weekend helping us out with a ton of stuff. So met up with them, wandered the con a little bit. Heather ended up coming a little bit later in the day. And then all of us went and saw the Comic Book Men panel and the Stan Lee panel. Once we finished with those... Uh, it was kind of late in the day. Uh, we said goodbye to some friends, and then we all went to go eat Mexican food together, and it was it was really good. So once we finished with that, all of us went our separate ways, went home, got a few hours of sleep, uh, woke up, came back to the convention center super early. We all took one car this time. Miguel actually brought his son uh, Cameron with him, and then we managed to find great parking. It wasn't too far away, and it was actually cheap for the first time. Uh, <laughs> The Rockets game was going on the first night we were there, and Heather apparently paid $50 for a parking spot, so that was just ridiculous. It was really nice to find parking for less than $10. So, like I said, Sunday we parked for less than $10. We ended up getting a ride from the Embassy Suites. Uh, we were just walking by, and Miguel was talking to one of the uh, valets, and he was like, I'll give you guys a ride to the con, and then they did. Uh, we actually all piled into the van, and they drove us down there. We tipped the guy. It was super nice of them, so shout-out to the Embassy Suites for... Uh, helping some weary travelers make it down to the con. And once we got there, uh, we were kind of in a hurry. We ran upstairs to the podcasting panel that we were doing with several other shows. Uh, it was us and the guys from the Metal Geeks, the guys from Rebel Radio, the, uh, my friend Brian from the BriFi podcast, and then, of course, Mike and Ming from Icell Comics. And we kind of ran the whole gamut on podcasting you know the, Mike and Ming have been doing this for a long time and uh, they kind of got a, a built-in following because they ended up on the Smodcast network to begin with and then we had Brian who basically started recording on his iPhone and there was guys like us that started with a podcast kit in a box and then just expanded from there so we kind of talked about all the different aspects of podcasting and how you can get into it and how to build an audience and we had some great questions from the audience too so uh, it was a really good experience and we did end up uh, recording it I tried to, but my recorder somehow messed up in the middle of it. But I got the file from my friend Carrie, so I will be posting that as a special episode of the Just In Case podcast sometime next week. So make sure to check that out if you're at all interested in podcasting. It's a hobby that we all love, and I know we had a great panel about it. 
So once we finished with that, we wanted to take it a little bit easy. So Sunday, all we really did was go to a few panels. We went and saw Gotham. We went and saw the Colby Smolders panel. Uh, we just sort of relaxed. And, you know, we went downstairs and ate. We bumped into Francois again, which was kind of funny because Heather got to meet him. Uh, we, we did a little bit of shopping, and then we all just went home, which it was nice, but it was also really exhausting. Uh, all of our feet were tired from the first two days, so day three, it was really good just to relax. And then day four, we didn't do a whole lot. We showed up and did our live show. Uh, we did a little bit of shopping just to kind of close down the con, and then I shot some stuff for my, my new show with Carrie, Adventures in Geekery. And once that was done, uh, it was time to go home. I mean, the whole day just sort of ran by us, and Comic Palooza was a blur. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but it was a total blur. The whole, the whole weekend went by in just a flash. So you guys did a great job running Comic Palooza this year. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out and supported us at our live show. Thank you to Bedrock City for helping us with the gift card. Thank you to Boxes in Action for supplying us with a box to give away. Thank you to everybody we got to interview. Thank you to Mad Men Crew for putting on an amazing live show Saturday night. And uh, thank you to everybody. I mean, it was just an absolute blast to get to see all of our friends in Houston. And I uh, can't wait to do it again next year. So don't forget, guys, keep on laughing, bitches.